in West Des Moines. Iowa football is looking to pull off the upset when they visit Wisconsin Saturday afternoon. The Hawkeyes head to Madison as a double-digit underdog. Week 6 in the NFL gets started tonight with the Chiefs hosting the Broncos. Travis Kelsey officially listed as questionable for the Chiefs, who've won 15 in a row over Denver. The Braves need a win in Game 4 of the NLDS tonight to avoid being eliminated in Philadelphia for a second year in a row. Spencer Strider and Ranger Suarez on the mound. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Thursday Bubba's boneless wings are half price. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hour number two, it's Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO, minus the Miller. Again, had to dip out a little bit early today, but you, me, and a couple of guests here. It's the Cyclone Hawkeye Power Hour. We're going to talk to one guy on the Cyclone Beat, a former Cyclone Beat writer, kicking things off Bill Seals with Iowa State over on the Rivals Network from CycloneReport.com. And then Nick Osun, who's now covering the Badgers up in Wisconsin. He'll join us as we'll preview Iowa-Wisconsin. But time to talk the clones, a road trip out to Cincinnati, and Bill Seals joins us. Bill, as always, thank you for your time. How's the week been? A busy one for you. We're getting that confluence, putting together the basketball and the football seasons for you. Yeah, yeah, we've got a got a little overlapping here for the next uh, five or six weeks, and and uh, then we can we'll see maybe focus on a Cyclone Bowl game and uh, overlap it by another month. So uh, yeah, that certainly. Uh, plenty of uh, plenty of action going on in Cyclone land right now. That certainly is. Well, let's start things off on the football side. Since we're in season, we'll get into the basketball. I got a lot for you on that front. And a very anticipated basketball season coming up on that front. You mentioned it, though. The realistic path now for this team to get to a bowl game, something that throughout many of the summer months as the gambling investigation was happening, seemed like that was going to be incredibly unlikely. Now, here we are. This team has found a way. They get the win against Oklahoma State. They get the win against TCU. It's road trips coming up, but definitely winnable games looking like on the schedule remaining for Iowa State. Yeah, most certainly. And and they really, as you look at kind of how that, how that schedule breaks down, Iowa State needs to, uh, well, first off, I think, Show that it can it can win a, a big game on the road. That's the you know first and foremost this week. A lot of talk out of Coach Campbell about how this team really hasn't played too well on the road. And if you want to get back to where you want to be in the Big Twelve, I think it starts this weekend, winning at Cincinnati and and uh, getting to four and three. And that last uh, what three games of the schedule on for Iowa State is is uh, going to be a killer. So. Uh, they need over these next three games, they really need to make some hay and, and get put themselves in good position. When you look at Cincinnati, this Bearcat team, obviously making their transition themselves into the Big 12. Luke Fickle's now over at Wisconsin. They got a new staff there with Satterfield. What are some of the things that have bounced out here? Certainly, at least statistically, offensively, they're moving the football. Well, yeah, they certainly are. They outgained BYU by over 200 yards in that game, but just that uh, two costly turnovers in that one, uh, one of them turned into a touchdown. And, and as we saw uh, just this last weekend, Iowa State TCU, TCU actually outgained the Cyclones, but those turnovers were killer. Uh, Cincinnati number two in, in total defense, number three in total offense in the Big 12, but 
when you're talking about a team in the 80s, as far as turnover margin goes, that hasn't always made a difference for them. And Iowa State, on the flip side, they're they're in the I believe in the top 20 range right now in turnover margin nationally, and that was no bigger than last week with those four turnover or the four interceptions, the uh, the blocked punt were huge in that game. And Iowa State again going to need to win in the turnover margin this weekend as well, but uh, kind of a similar Cincinnati team, I think makeup-wise, you look at a, a bona fide alpha running back that they've got, and then also a, a quarterback, Emory Jones, uh, 61 career touchdowns. He's a true dual-threat quarterback, kind of like what Iowa State saw last weekend at Chandler Morris, so a lot to contend with, I think, on this Cincinnati team, and Iowa State defensively kind of taking its taking its knocks right now on that side with so much youth in that defensive front and Cincinnati if Iowa State's not sound in that game could really make them pay with a, 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 a such a, a dominant run game that they've had so far this year number two in the in the big 12 so far there really stands out Emory Jones I think a lot of people remember him from his days at Florida his running mate his top wide receiver Henderson also a guy from Florida they're dynamic but you said it last week, the four interceptions. This feels like a game. If Iowa State's going to go on the road and get a win, they're going to have to pick off Jones, I think, a couple of times to pull off the victory. Well, no doubt, no doubt. And, and he's, they, you know, they, they've been charitable to other teams <laughs> yes, as well. Uh, Jones, 10, 10 touchdowns, but he's got those six interceptions. So uh, winning on the road, certainly if you win that turnover margin, uh, you've got a chance to, to go in there and, and beat Cincinnati. And, Iowa State, I don't think, wants to become the first Big 12 team to lose to one of these four newcoming schools either, as uh, could be the case on Saturday with a defeat. Big news this week, the return of Jake Remsburg as he comes back. Now, I also found it interesting this week, we found out that he's also been a little bit banged up, so it's not just all systems go that he's rare and he's been practicing for the last six weeks and he's out there. He's missed some time because of that injury. What do you think the game plan is going to be here, and what position do we likely see, or how much shuffling do we see when they get Remsburg back in the lineup? Well, I think you've seen the, the track record with Matt Campbell has been to ease guys like this back into the mix. We've we've seen it all across the board, really not not just injured players. Uh, you know, we've seen it with freshmen, we've seen it with in, inexperienced guys, and I think that's what you're going to see with Remsburg and. The, the tackles as well, I'll add uh, Tyler Miller and James Neal. Those guys were the top-performing players. Uh, well, top-performing offensive linemen, I should say, against TCU last week. So really good play out of both Miller and Neal in, in that. And we saw the ground game get going there. And I, I think those guys uh, are, are going to be given the shot to start again. And, and we'll see James Neal. You, you would think if anybody was going was gonna to make way for Remsburg, it would probably be James Neal. But I think he's starting to show some progress as well. So not as easy as you would have thought maybe for him to get benched a few weeks ago because he uh, posted his best game yet as a Cyclone against TCU. We know that Iowa State still wants to run the football, though we've seen an evolution, obviously, with Rocco Beck and what he's been able to progress as a quarterback. They still want to run it. What you've seen from Eli Sanders, and of course the youngster Abusama, who uh, we saw a whole bunch back in the day with Southeast Polk, and what Certainly. a playmaker he is. Those two guys, and it doesn't feel like maybe those are going to be the two guys for the most part going forward, or where does kind of Norton also fit in the mix? 
Well, that's an interesting question. I, I still wonder if Norton is not 100% healthy. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw, we saw him a little bit in that, in that TCU game, certainly, but I think what Sanders and what Sama give them right now is, is it's a pretty appetizing combination. And then you kind of get, uh, Cartavius, some of those reps when you can get them to him. But Eli is such a, a different running back than he's been his first couple years in Ames. So, so much more, uh, I think diversified now in, in what he can do. He's he, not only a, has he shown a good feel to play running back? He's been always been a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He's a good pass protector when that's asked of him. So uh, certainly multiple in what he brings. And then Abu Sama is kind of that home run hitter. Also, Eli Sanders pretty fast in his own right. But a nice mix of running backs either way for the Cyclones right now. Talking Iowa State with Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com. One more on the football front before we get into basketball and media days, and that is with this squad, what they're doing, it's great, right? Real path now to possibly get into bowl eligibility, that's great, but there was something bigger than just football on Saturday night with the throwback uniforms, the Jack Trice legacy game, the environment that went along with it. It was it was quite the scene in Ames. Take us in and, and your perspective as you watch that thing unfold on Saturday night. Well, it was just a, a memorable environment and, and credit to the Cyclone fans as well for showing out that game. Over, over 60,000 attended it. They were in their seats early. Uh, even before the game, we had a, a nice uh, fireworks show in there, more so than we ever get before a game. And then I think Iowa State, that I mean, they went out and, and honored his legacy as well in that game and, and pulled off a big victory to go to 2-1 and one in the Big 12 and, and really cap off, as Matt Campbell said, this was kind of the uh, capper on what's been a, a year-long celebration. It wasn't just Saturday. It was everything that kind of led up to Saturday night and that in that uh, atmosphere in, in Jack Trice Stadium. And then on Sunday as well, they had some more ceremonies uh, around campus for that. Really, really cool event and something. Is this going to become a yearly thing? Well, I think uh, I think it, it's a, a very good possibility. I would like to see him honored maybe a, a little more than, and than kind of what we've seen over the years. This is uh, – like a hundred years and and uh up until then there weren't really a whole lot of these events but i think just as as well as it went off i think maybe it, it's something that could be an annual tradition type of thing mm-hmm. certainly a really good environment well we know it's always a good environment inside of hilton as we prepare for the basketball season media day earlier this week and such an intriguing team just the most basic thing here it feels like this team is just going to look so different offensively than what we've been used to the first couple of years under odds. Well, yeah, certainly. And I, th- I think it all starts at point guard, really. And in so many games last year, it started at point guard. And what we saw out of, uh, out of Tame and Lipsy. And, and this year, they're, they're going to be so much more versatile in what they've got as far as ball handlers go. That was one of the main points that Coach Otzelberger touched on in his press conference uh, yesterday was just about adding like a Keyshawn Gilbert to the mix, uh, Jackson Pavletsky, uh, Curtis Jones. We saw him uh, play a, ha- have a really good start to their trip overseas over the summer, and he's someone that can handle the ball and, and make plays as well. So it all, it all starts right there, and they've got so many more options this year. And, and you, you saw with this team last season when, when Lipsy was out of the lineup or 
when he wasn't having his best game, they were kind of limited. And I don't think that's going to be necessarily the case anymore. Take a stab. What's the starting lineup look like? Well, <laughs> I, I, if I had to take a stab at it right now, I, I think you're going to see veterans in that lineup. Uh-huh. Uh, at the point, certainly Lipsy, uh, Keyshawn Gilbert, someone that uh, uh, T.J. Otzelberger certainly knows a lot about his game. He's a UNLV transfer, after all. I think he'll be at the two. Curtis Jones, I just mentioned, probably at the three. We've heard a lot of good reviews on Hassan Ward so far, and, and he's been in Ames. He had the, the visa issues a year ago, and this year he's had the benefit of that full off season in Ames, the, the whole program there, and I think you'll see him in the lineup. And then probably Robert Jones at the, at the five. If not Robert Jones, maybe you see uh, one of those uh, – one of those young guys perhaps step in there maybe as, as one of the fifth options uh, in, in the lineup. But Iowa State, again, I talked about the versatility of the all the ball handlers, the point guards in the mix now, but Iowa State in the in the post, Trey King, he, he probably would be my choice as the fifth starter, Trey King. But uh, so, so much more versatile insight as well with Hassan Ward coming back, I, I think uh, poised for a big season, and you, you just add him to a mix of uh, – a big guys that a lot of them are back this season. And Trey King, I, I think still the upside is immense with him. You know, knocking the rust off. He hadn't played in so long, and, and getting out there and getting a full season under his belt, I think that's going to be incredibly important for him, and he's going to be a big help to this team. Well, Omaha Blue, the headliner of that recruiting class, Monchilovich, I, I love him too. I love his game, and I think he's going to be eventually a big-time player for him. I do concern when I hear all the talk about Omaha Blue that Maybe expectations are so big. I see Omaha play a ton in high school. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and generate a ton of his own offense. He's incredibly skilled. He's athletic. He's going to get offensive rebounds and flush it. He's going to knock down corner threes. He's going to do those things. But I think there's at least a a certain segment of the population that thinks he's going to come in here and average 15 a game. That's not realistic, is it? No, I don't don't think so either. I I think that he's going to... He he does have the benefit, I think, of having some of those veterans that mm. we 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 just talked about a little bit with Trey King, uh, Hassan Ward, a couple of those uh, returning guys that can kind of take him under their wing and and show him the way. But I think as far as those freshmen go, the one that makes an immediate impact that you mentioned, uh, Milan Momsilovic, I think he's someone they they needed a lot of scoring. Uh, someone who can really shoot it from the outside. He's very long at uh, at six, what six seven, six eight range, and you just can really shoot it. I, I think the big thing about him is going to be defensively. On the on the flip side, you talk about Omaha Blue. Defense is going to be his his main thing, but uh, it's kind of maybe developing the offensive game. But uh, I think Momsilovich, though, he's going to be the one to make the early impact. But then maybe. Once Iowa State gets going into like late January, February range, into the middle of that Big 12 slate, maybe you see a little bit more of Blue as he kind of gets his feet under, uh, underneath him uh, in, the, in the Big 12 play. Another question for you, a guy flying under the radar, Damarian Watson. We saw him a year ago as a freshman, played, uh, had some good games towards the end of the season as well. Final four games of the year, he played double-digit minutes as we saw him had a stretch where a couple weeks he didn't even get off the bench. He's long. He's intriguing. He can knock down shots from the outside. What kind of role do you see for Watson here this season? Well, I think that the the onus was on on him to kind of diversify his game in the off season. 
Uh, well, I, I think all re- reviews are that he's done that and, and certainly has had to do that with Iowa State hitting the transfer portal again with, with some guy Curtis Jones is one of them. Uh, Demarion Watson, though, with that, that competition coming in, he had to become more multiple in, in what he brings to the table and maybe develop uh, continue to develop that outside shot, continue to make plays with the ball in his hands, and then d- defensively, that's first and foremost. That's going to be you, you got to play well there. You've got to uh, to shine to, to play on uh, on TJ's team on that defensive end. Last year, this team finished as a number six seed in the NCAA tournament. Let's put that as the over under. Over under a number six seed this year in the tournament. Where are you at? I I want to say that they'll they'll get into that four five range. Yeah. I, I'm really optimistic about this team. I. So many times, one of the first things we talked about uh, basketball-wise was just that point guard position. They've got the ball handlers this year. They've got the outside shooting. Uh, and they, they've got some youthful guys in there that can really make an, make an impact. So I think this is a team that's really going to make its mark in the, in the Big 12. And who knows, maybe even higher than a 4 or 5. And playing in the best basketball conference in America, if Iowa State finishes – at the what, top three, top four spots, I think they're going to certainly be in that in that mix to be uh, would be a three or four. I'm right there with you. I think this team at minimum should be a fringe top twenty five team. Uh, one of the analytical sites that I'd like to go to outside of Ken Pomeroy's site is Bart Torvik. He has them preseason number fifty. I, I don't think that's close. I I was baffled when I saw that one. Now the influx of new names, maybe that's a reason for it. Their preseason numbers, I get that, but I was really surprised to see that. I think it's going to be a successful year. But oh, you got to deal with, of course, Kansas and Texas and TCU and Baylor and K State. Oh, and now you just throw in BYU and Houston and Cincinnati. Yeah, it's going to be a slog this year, Bill. It really is, and I, I think maybe a lot that goes into that uh, that. 50 mark would, would maybe be just losing like a guy, guys like Jaron Holmes, Gabe Kalsher. Uh, uh, I think what they provided on the outside, and really that they haven't seen national guys, haven't really seen probably a Keyshawn Gilbert play yet or uh, Jackson Pavletsky coming from, coming from Wofford. So I, it, it could take some time, I think, to, to maybe uh, make a – make an impact on a national scene but i think iowa state once it gets into the big 12 uh, territory they're going to be they're going to be really raring to go and, and they've been together all off season too so the chemistry is already there and and just get these guys to play together bill always enjoy the conversation thank you so much for your time it's a busy one for you with football and basketball overlapping here but we appreciate it we'll talk again soon Thanks for having me, Trent. Have a good day. That's Bill Seals. CycloneReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Bill doing great work over there. Tons of articles, tons of information. You can get a look at the football. You can get a look at the basketball. He's got you covered at CycloneReport.com. Let's get a little jingle jingle in your pocket. At least just try right now. Time for another $1,000 NIL deal for you. Go to KXNO.com right now. Your chance to win $1,000 when you get there. Make sure you enter the keyword grand. Grand at KXNO.com. Your chance at $1,000. We talk cyclones. Now we're going to talk 
Hawkeyes, kind of, the Wisconsin perspective. Iowa-Wisconsin coming up this week. We'll talk to former Cyclone beat writer Nick Osen. He will join us next as we take you up until 1 o'clock. Nick Osen joining us when we continue. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3. For a limited time. If you have a low interest rate on your property and a lower tolerance for tenants, then you have two choices. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sell it and say goodbye to a great investment or keep it. Hold on to that rate and let the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse manage it for you. Why hire Renner's Warehouse? Because we free you to do the things you love, like take a vacation, have dinner with your family, or acquire more properties to achieve more financial independence. You already know that renting delivers cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits. Renner's Warehouse also frees you from finding tenants, collecting rent, and handling those annoying 3 a.m. maintenance calls. The choice is yours. Sell your property, keep DIYing everything, or hire Renner's Warehouse to get the best of all worlds. You're free to cancel within 90 days and even get your management fees back. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528-44. Your side. The Neighborhood Tavern at 1350th Street in West Des Moines is under new ownership. And it's now Bevy's Tavern. It's a great place to unwind after a long day, catch up with friends, catch a ball game over delicious drinks and tasty bites. Come eat, come sip, and come socialize. Bevy's Tavern with new ownership at 1350th Street, just off 235. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on come together. It's time for the Urology Center of Iowa audio cut of the day. Stays put, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field. Harper watches it fly. Set up your vasectomy appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa at 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. Oh, what a blast yesterday. One of two for Bryce Harper and our Urology Center of Iowa audio cut of the day. Time to get into Iowa, Wisconsin. He is on the beat now of his home state. It is Nick Osen, formerly 
at CycloneAlert.com. Now over on the Badger side of things at 24-7. Well, Nick, it's a little melancholy getting you back in here, but good to hear your voice again. How you been doing? Absolutely, Trent. You know, you two, I've, I've really been looking forward to this. Um, I'm enjoying the new position. I missed some things at Iowa State. You know, it's it's really a good balance, but I'm, I'm great to be back and hope that you've been doing well uh, as well, Trent. Absolutely. It's a busy time. As you know, we got basketball right around the corner, football getting hot and heavy, and this is the de facto Big Ten West Championship game. Now, doesn't say a whole lot. This division, it's never been great. This is as bad as I can ever remember it, though. How about you, Nick? Yeah, you know, it's a little bit unbelievable. I was writing some of my preview stuff, Trent, and we're sitting here, well, basically the second weekend in October, you know, third technically, and, and you're right. This is already basically the de facto decision in who is likely to come out of the West to go to Indianapolis. I think that, you know, while I don't think it's a shock that these two teams seem to be the best, I think that, you know, a couple other teams like maybe Nebraska with with some of the excitement with Matt Rule or Illinois after last year, I think that you maybe would have expected a little more out of, out of a couple of these teams. I mean, Minnesota's had some really uh, bad looks at times uh, this fall. But all that to say, I, I remember we were talking this summer that this game would really have a lot of impact. And as we sit here today, combined two losses total between these two teams, I think we were spot on, Trent. I think so, too. And it looks a little bit different, at least from the Iowa perspective. This team has not advanced like we thought. At least I believe that they were going to this year. Cade McNamara's injury, the offensive line has not taken a huge step up this year. But we're here to get the Wisconsin perspective from you. So let's do just that. Year number one of Luke Fickle. We anticipated there was going to be a transition. I've watched every Badger game this year, I believe except for one, at least in the BTN and 60. And you look at the final score, you look at the box score, you say, man, they must have dominated that hasn't always been the case with Wisconsin. What's your better takeaway halfway through the first season? Yeah, Trent, I think that's really fair. So, you know, since my time on the beat, and I was obviously watching uh, even kind of leading into that. So they're sitting at 4-1, and one, you know, 2-0 and oh in conference, which I think many of us expected. The one loss at Washington State has actually looked like a pretty good loss, you know, if you have to have some, because the Pac-12 has been really strong. I think that the first three weeks or so for this team, Trent, you could really kind of pick spots. All right, this needs to be improved. You know, this is a potential weakness. But now when you look at specifically how the offense performed at Purdue two games ago, and then this last week, the defense against Rutgers, a good Rutgers team that actually plays a little bit similarly to Iowa in terms of good defense, run the ball, make things physical. While I'm not quite going to say this team has fully turned a corner, I, I kind of wrote that I think they're on the trajectory that we expected by now. And I think a lot of those clear-cut holes, whether that was establishing the run significantly or slowing things down defensively, I think those are starting to get cleaned up a little bit. And I, I think that that's a reason why the Badgers are fairly heavily favored in this game against the 5-1 and Iowa yeah, point spread sitting at nine and a half, ten, kind of bouncing back and forth, uh, depending on where you get it. Also, uh, the total continues to drop in this football game too. I saw it down to thirty four and a half when I looked earlier this morning at a couple of spots. What are you looking? Put on your meteorologist hat. What are we going to see weather wise this weekend? Yeah, Trent. So you know, I, it's not shocking that it's going down. I, I will say the number 
that it's at right now, I mean, that's almost scary, though. You know, you don't see that too often. I know that you and Ken certainly get into uh, the gambling aspect of things. I'm sitting here in Madison looking out right now, and the weather's going to be similar to this early in the day, and it's about high 40s, low 50s, a little bit of wind and rainy right now. But by the time this game kicks off, it actually should be a little more clear, still on the cooler side, you know, low 50s, a little bit of wind. But I actually don't think that's playing as much of a factor as I do just the play style of these teams. I think that it's fair to say, and you mentioned the McNamara injury trend, Iowa's offense, and you know I'm an optimist with things, but yeah. they really they really have not been good. I think that's certainly fair to say. Wisconsin, they've got a lot of firepower and talent, but you haven't seen it completely You know, in every game like we just alluded to. I think this is more a respect to Iowa's defense and a point of attack on their not-so-great offense. So I think that's playing a bit of a larger role. At that number, I would still maybe take the over, but I do think this is going to be more of a physical run game, defensive, you know, classic Iowa-Wisconsin game like I'm sure you and I have both watched for 20, 25 years. No doubt about it. It hasn't gone very well for the Hawkeyes, though, in Madtown throughout the years. Last time they won there back in 2015, the 10-6 game that took, what, Stave getting his foot stepped on in order for Iowa to pull off that victory on their way to a 12-0 regular season. It's been a house of horrors and certainly the case for Brian Ferentz. So let's take a look at this Badger defense. Wisconsin, what they are this year, no more. Obviously, the great safety there, who uh, now is helping out at Illinois, though that's not going very well either. Jim Leonard not around anymore. How's the Badger defense this season? Yeah, Trent, it's actually been really, really impressive the last couple weeks. So Mm. if you follow, you know, the Badgers in Big Ten football, Hunter Wohler, another impressive Wisconsin safety, actually from Wisconsin as well. Uh, He's a third-year guy. He's going to be a future pro. Maybe doesn't get all the attention as, like a Cooper DeGene for Iowa, but a really, really good player, potentially a day-two guy in the NFL draft. Uh, decent size, physical, but really a, a playmaker, a ball hawk, and a good tackler. So he's a main, main and major name to know. James Thompson Jr. has really kind of emerged along the defensive line. You know, good size, athleticism, can get to the quarterback, but it's kind of just your stretch defensive lineman that can really be versatile either way. And then somebody that's come on a lot these last couple games, cornerback Ricardo Holman. Rico Holman uh, is kind of the team and coaches allude to him with. He had a pick six last game, 95 yards that really helped not change, but maybe shift some of the momentum against Rutgers. He's up to four picks on the year. And I think that while it's still not perfect at all times, the defense as a whole has really raised its floor. And they've been pretty good ball hawks these last few weeks as well. Interesting. We're talking with Nick Oson on the Wisconsin beat now as we take a look at the Iowa-Wisconsin matchup coming up this weekend. Uh, Nick, one more on that front, and you mentioned it. You're a very optimistic guy. You definitely can look at things through rose-colored glasses. So put on the black and gold ones. What would it take for Iowa to walk in there and get a win on Saturday? Yeah, so from what I've seen, Trent, you know, I, I think that Deacon Hill he's actually delivered some decent passes, you know, former Badger, that just he's gotten a little bit unlucky, receivers have missed, and he's been by no means perfect, of course. Mm -hmm. I think what would have to happen is a couple things. And like I said, I do think that number is a bit inflated. I do think the Badgers win before Iowa to win. I think that he's got to just play a a comfortable, 
turnover-free type game for the Hawkeyes. I think that their pretty talented backfield obviously has to help him out. I think that's an obvious thing with this offense. And then the defense specifically, that would really have to kind of slow down Tanner Mordecai and, and the Badgers offense. I mean, we're nine, ten minutes in, haven't talked about Mordecai a lot. He's somebody that while his passing numbers won't kind of jump off the page, he's really impressed as a dual threat player this season, Trent. I think he's got four rushing touchdowns, three, you know, legitimate ones and not just kind of like a QB sneak. So I would say he would really have to be slowed down. Of course, Braylon Allen, who's been a bit dinged up and has really looked like himself. So I would certainly say it's possible. I don't think it has to be a perfect game from the Hawkeyes, but they've got to kind of shore up some of those offensive issues and get ready for a Badgers offense that, while not perfect, has probably five or six legitimate weapons on that side. Nick, we'll get you out on this. It is basketball season starting to overlap here. you got media days going on, Big Ten media days earlier this week. Bucky took a step back last year. Wisconsin, what, at minimum back to a tournament team this year? Is that the expectation? Oh, absolutely, Trent. I mean, you know, you mentioned the rose-colored glasses. I I picked them third in the Big Ten, okay. uh, but I, we did like a consensus around the 247 Sports Network, and I believe they finished fourth in that. So there's no question. Back to the tournament, I, I think they got to win at least one game in March uh, with bringing everybody back as well as an impact transfer. And, you know, similar to how I talked about Iowa State when I was down there and just the overall talent, if things click right, Personally, I think this team could get to the Sweet 16, but absolutely the tournament. And I'm hoping we can chat again. <laughs> this is one of the couple matchups where the Badgers play the Hawkeyes twice in hoop season. We'll definitely make it happen, Nick Osen. You can find him on Twitter at the Real Nick Osen. As always, Nick, appreciate the time. It's been too long. It'll be long again, but looking forward to our conversation again this winter. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Trent. Appreciate you. Nick Osen joining us here, giving us the Badger perspective. Quick timeout. We'll come back, put a cap on things, including my picks of the day. Five and one yesterday, and I got a four-pack of picks coming up for you on the other side. It's all presented by Circus Sports. Taking up until 1 o'clock, it's Miller and Condon on 106.31 Hickman Road in Urbandale. The Neighborhood Tavern at 1350th Street in West Des Moines is under new ownership. And it's now Bevy's Tavern. It's a great place to unwind after a long day, catch up with friends, catch a ball game over delicious drinks and tasty bites. Come eat, come sip, and come socialize. Bevy's Tavern with new ownership at 1350th Street, just off 235 in West 1, 2023. The time is now to schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. Schedule your vasectomy around a big football weekend and recover on your couch or chair while watching football all weekend long. The Urology Center of Iowa offers no scalpel vasectomies. And now for your follow-up checkup, you don't even have to go back to the office. Post-procedure, send it in. Set up your vasectomy appointment at 515 515- 400-3550. That's 400-3550. Or online, Iowa, you are Des Moines. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. 
right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call one 8 Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, final segment. Hopefully you were not sliding against me yesterday because you got pummeled. Five and one for your boy TC yesterday. We were hitting pitcher props. We were hitting a little bit of everything. Yes, I had the emotional hedge once again and got the Astros home a winner. So we added a little bit to the bankroll, and the bankroll's starting to build here. We're starting to heat up at our best college football Saturday last week. Seeing it well in the NFL. Major League Baseball playoffs going well. And uh, I told you going into the last break, Add four for you. We've added one more. One more jumped off the page. Let's kick things off. Tonight in college football, it's a Big 12 play as Houston welcomes in West Virginia. West Virginia, one of the stories certainly of the Big 12, a team very limited offensively. They can run the football. I'm just not a big believer in Garrett Green as a quarterback here. Plus, he got Holgo going up against his old team. I don't like this Houston squad at all. I think Holgo might be dead coach walking at this point. I think they get an inspired effort tonight. Give me the Cougars plus the three. To Thursday night football over on Amazon. Mentioned this a little bit earlier. I really like this perspective of this game. It's going to be windy. Going to be chilly for the first time this season. And what we've seen from Denver this year is they played well in most first halves, especially early on with those scripted plays. They move the football. They have been able to score. So I'm going to take a two-pronged attack on this one. Give me Denver plus three and a half in the first quarter. You do have to lay minus 120 on that one. And also give me the Broncos plus seven and a half. That's minus 130. So the Broncos, we're going to kind of double play this one. First quarter plus three and a half and for the first half plus seven and a half. Eventually, I think Kansas City comes back. They win this game. Very well could be comfortably and there are some 11s that are starting to pop up there right now that uh, does have me. In fact, DraftKings at this point has 11 for the overall point spread. Circa has it at 10. The over-under at 47. Missed an opportunity. I was going to play an under earlier this week and didn't jump on and just don't see any value at that number at this point. So those are the two plays for the NFL tonight. Broncos first quarter, Broncos first half. Two baseball. The Phillies have been the better side throughout this one. I gave them out yesterday. We're coming back the other way. Spencer Strider, not great the first time out. you got to lay it here, minus 145. We will do just that. And forcing a Game 5, maybe it's more hopeful than anything that we'll get a Game 5. But the other side I'm going to take is Ranger Suarez. We hit these yesterday, both of them, that we used in the over-under for number of outs for a pitcher. We're 2-0 and with this prop. Let's make it 3-0. and Under 14.5 outs for Suarez tonight. For the Phillies, those are the picks of the day. 
presented by Circa Sports. The Houston Cougars plus three, the Braves minus 145, Suarez under 14 and a half outs, and the Broncos first quarter plus three and a half, and in the first half plus seven and a half. Five picks for you today. We'll be back tomorrow to grade my work. That'll do it for today. We got Murph and Andy coming up your way here in just a few minutes, followed up by the drive with Heather and Sean. We're Miller and Condon, 11 to 1, each and every weekday on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Have a great day, everyone.